Usted está escuchando Radio Tierra en el 95.1 FM Hood River, 95.9 FM Stevenson, 107.1 FM Parkdale, 107.7 FM Dells, Casas, El Latido del Gorge, su radio comunitaria. Hola, buenas noches. Usted está escuchando Conoce Tu Colombia, un programa producido por Columbia River Keeper. Yo soy Ubaldo Hernández. Esta noche están con nosotros nuestros compañeros Carlos Marroquín y Des Ramírez. Vamos a tener una conversación muy amena. Vamos a hablar sobre Hanford, este lugar al este del río Columbia, en el estado de Washington. Nosotros tuvimos una entrevista uh, hace dos semanas con Alfreda Peterson, una nativa americana de la tribu de Yakima. Ella habló sobre la importancia de la zona de Hanford para sus comunidades, cómo les afecta que esta zona esté contaminada. Esta vez vamos a transmitir la entrevista que le hicimos a Yukiyo Cubano, una nativa japonesa que nos va a hablar sobre el impacto de la bomba nuclear que se detonó en Hiroshima. Y pues bueno, vamos a tener esa conversación. Uh, tenemos aquí a Carlos Marroquín. Carlos, ¿cómo estás? Muy buenas noches, Ubaldo. Gracias por la invitación. Acá estamos siempre uh, listos para contribuir y para comentar qué está pasando en la comunidad. Gracias nuevamente. Des Ramírez, thank you for being with us and uh, you've been here uh, before on the show. Yes, hola, buenas noches. Um, this is my second time back. I'm very glad to be back um, on the show. Good. Uh, It's really nice to have you guys here, and I think uh, it's going to be a really interesting show. We're going to have a long conversation about different topics that are happening in our, in our communities about environmental issues. Comfort is one of the biggest environmental issues that we have to deal with among our communities. This, you work for one of the uh, environmental organizations in the area. I do. I work uh, with Columbia Land Trust, um, and we do have uh, an office in Hood River. Um, Vancouver, Portland, and Astoria, um, and staying busy. We're hiring right now. If um, you are looking for a job and you are interested in getting involved in um, conservation uh, within uh, Oregon or Washington, we work all along the Columbia River, and uh, you can check out the job openings at uh, columbialandtrust.org. Also, Columbia River Keeper is hiring, too. They're hiring oh, good. Uh, for a... Uh, lawyer for an assistant. Si la gente está interesada y quiere participar en este tipo de trabajos, los cuales se enfocan en la protección del medio ambiente, pues puede comunicarse con Columbia Land Trust, con Columbia River Keeper, visitar nuestras páginas en el internet. Si ustedes saben de alguien que podría ser una, un buen candidato para ocupar estas posiciones, pues los invitamos a que los, les avisen que Columbia Land Trust, Columbia River Keeper están buscando este, empleados que les interese trabajar en, la, en las organizaciones que se dedican a proteger el medio ambiente. Des y yo somos como una generación que está entrando nueva a participar en ese tipo de trabajos y vemos que hay mucho potencial. Nosotros debemos de participar en este tipo de trabajos. Tenemos la capacidad y bueno, están las oportunidades para que nosotros participemos. Es muy interesante que hay todas estas openings en esta nueva, como lo llamas, industria. Protección del ambiente y esta oportunidad que tenemos como comunidad para participar y tener la oportunidad de contribuir 
you know, with, uh, with uh, BMP, you know, to also organize community and create conscious among uh, the rest of the citizenship, you know, about what is happening around us because, you know, the environment affects us no matter what you want to think about. I mean, whether you are passive or active, the environment really affects us every, every single day. So mm-hmm. it's a great, great opportunity now. It is uh, one of the things that we have. We have coming activities that we can invite our community to participate. Columbia River Keeper is organizing a planting day. So we are looking for volunteers to participate with us on uh, February 9th and the uh, 16th, uh, two weekends that we need people to participate to help us plan to restore the natural habitat in Nichols natural area. So if you are interested in participating, uh, visit our website and you can sign up to volunteer for that day. And uh, this is the perfect time for us to plant some of the native plants that we need to uh, uh, grow in this area to restore the natural habitat. En este momento, Columbia River Keeper está haciendo una este, invitación a la gente de nuestra comunidad que quieren participar en la restauración del de hábitat natural de Nichols Natural Area. El próximo 9 y 16 de febrero vamos a sembrar plantas nativas eh, con el propósito de restaurar el hábitat natural en este lugar y queremos que la gente este, latina, los mexicanos, participemos en esta actividad si usted está interesado, usted puede comunicarse conmigo al 541-490-7722 y también pues yo le voy a dar información de lo que este, cómo puede usted apuntarse para esta actividad. Una de las cosas que también me gustaría mencionar es sobre un uh, proyecto en el cual vamos a trabajar desde la primavera en el transcurso del año, vamos a estar haciendo hincapié en la protección de un área que se encuentra en el lado oeste de la presa de Bonneville Dam. Este, hay una isla que se llama Bradford, la cual ha sido altamente contaminada porque cuando se construyó la presa, mucho del material eléctrico que se desechó, que no se usó o que quedó obsoleto, cuando reparaban equipo que se descomponía en la presa, pues bueno, mucho de ese material lo fueron depositando en esta isla y eh, desafortunadamente al paso de los años, mucho de ese material con la lluvia se fue filtrando al río y creó una contaminación de grandes dimensiones, lo cual eh, en un estudio que hizo el Departamento de Salud de Oregón en el 2013, pues bueno, ellos encontraron que esta zona estaba altamente contaminada y que era eh, necesario hacer una limpieza exhaustiva. Ah, desafortunadamente no se ha cumplido ese objetivo y es obligación de nuestras comunidades a pedirle a las autoridades competente, a, competentes a que lo hagan y nosotros nos estamos uniendo a la tribu de Yakima para pedirles que este, limpien esta área. Ah, por el momento, nosotros también queremos pasar información a la gente de que este, si usted conoce a alguien que va a pescar a esta zona, que es pasando el Bonneville Dam, 
en el lado oeste de Casket Locks, pues bueno, eh, les queremos hacer saber que no se recomienda que se consuman los pescados residentes de esa zona. Uh, y cuando nos referimos a los pescados residentes, nos, nos referimos al, al bass, bluegill, yellow perch, crappy, walleye, carp, catfish, uh, gran variedad de pescados o peces que le llaman suckers. Uh, entre ellos está el sturgeon. No se recomienda que se consuma estos peces de esa área. Así es que por favor déjenle saber a sus amigos familiares que van a pescar en esta zona que no es recomendable este, consumir uh, el pescado de esta, de esta área a menos que sean uh, peces que son migratorios como el salmón, el steelhead que este, no habita en esa zona por mucho tiempo. Este, bueno... En este momento vamos a, este, a escuchar una entrevista que le hice a Yukiyo Kowano hace un par de semanas. Entonces vamos a escuchar qué es lo que ella este, nos dice en esta entrevista. Y cuando regresemos vamos a comentar sobre lo que ella ha hablado como el, la detonación de una bomba atómica que se produjo en esta zona ha afectado a la vida de la gente en Japón y pues bueno vamos a escuchar esta entrevista regresando comentamos Hi you are listening to Conoce tu Colombia a program produced by Columbia Riverkeeper my name is Ubaldo Hernández and we have tonight uh, Yukio Kawano uh, she is gonna talk to us about um, Hanford we are gonna talk about from a different perspective of what Hanford is Uh, we talked earlier, we talked about Hanford from uh, the pers perspective of a, a Native, Native American Jacobination uh, member. Um, but now we have uh, Yukio Kawano, and she's going to talk to us about the perspective from uh, a community that survived uh, a nuclear attack. Uh, so, uh, Yuki, uh, can you? Tell us something about you and and uh, why it's important to uh, do appropriate cleanup in Hanford. Sure. Um, hi, my name is Ikio Kawano. I'm a, a visual artist and I live in Portland, Oregon. Um, I'm also um, a third generation uh, Hibaksha, means atomic bomb survivor. So, uh, which means that my, it was my grandparents' generation. Um, it was my grandfather, actually, that, who were in, in Hiroshima downtown when um, America dropped the bomb on Hiroshima. And that makes, and, and they, they had uh, my mother uh, two years after the bomb. And that makes my mother the second generation Hibaksha. So... Uh, to my particular case, it also means that um, I grow up in an environment uh, where I need to be really careful and see how my mother is, uh, or uh, was feeling each day. And if she's not feeling good, then I have to be very quiet and um, adjust my day accordingly. 
Um, so that's my background, and um, the harmful cleanup is uh, is something that I well I live in Portland, Oregon, so it's a direct connection. Um, you know, th- through the river, mm-hmm. we are all connected. And also, Hanford is the place um, during the Manhattan Project. They are making plutonium, uh, and the, the plutonium was sent to Los Alamos. And uh, Los Alamos is the city that uh, made uh, Little Boy and Fat Man. Little Boy is the bomb that was dropped on Hiroshima, and, and Fat Man is the bomb dropped on Nagasaki. And uh, um, when I moved to Portland, I actually didn't know about Hanford. And by you know doing the research and my art project, I find um, I find out what really Hanford is, and and my connection to my personal connection to Hanford, and um, understanding um, you know how people suffer because of that, you know, huge uh, production and huge, massive, you know, handful of project, how people are still suffering. And that that's like totally um, aligned with, you know, people in Hiroshima and Nagasaki, how they are suffering still. So one, one other thing is like, I see this, uh... Hanford site connects with you about your personal history and how this site has been affected, affecting your life and the life of your communities and on the past and the present and how it will affect on the future. You grew up on an environment on which nuclear radioactivity impact on the life of a country, on a big community. And you have to uh, watch what you eat and and where you spend your time in order to stay away from these effects from the radioactive contamination. So Hanford is a place on which is containing a lot of these radioactive waste. Your connection with your uh, family living through all this devastation that these uh, bombs did to the country now moving to uh united states and moving to this area portland the columbia gorge and you knowing about the um hanford how you connect all these experiences to help a community to understand the danger that this uh, site represent it's such a dynamic issue it's um um, it's not a human scale issue, and that's that's what I've been, um, you know, uh, that's my dialogue um, of me making art um, and tapping into this issue. That it's the nuclear issue is a human issue, and when I, you know, see see it as a, you know fundamental human issue. Then it's not just your issue or my issue; it's everybody's issue, and it's the issue of the past, 
and it's the issue of the future. It's the issue of, uh, um, I'll say, it's the issue of unknown past because the human never dealt with it before. And it's the issue of uncertain future. So all that, unfortunately, as a, you know, um, people uh, live in this time, have to think about and because of the scale of the issue, we really have to uh, put my our mind together. And it, it's the it's the same as climate uh, uh, change issue that we really have to think about something now before it's too late. And that's a, that is something that we need to take action. We need to participate. We need to. Uh, work together as a community and and amplify our voices to send a message to whoever is making a decision to write, to make the right decision in order to, to do a proper cleanup in Hanford mm-hmm. and protect not just uh, our communities but the rest of the world too. And uh, so 2011, um, the Tohoku earthquake happened, and um, following that was the Fukushima Daiichi incident, which totally destroyed the community, and people are still suffering. It's an ongoing issue that the the contaminated water is um, leaking from the uh, Daiichi nuclear plant, and it's it's going down to the Pacific Ocean, and. I see how, well, this is the issue since 2011, and we only, you know, it's, it's only been seven years. And we were, I, I see how government um, tried to, um, you know, try to make the society, I mean, try to say that it, it's okay. It's okay. The nuclear contamination is something that the body can deal with. Or we have bigger issue, the economic issue, that we have to focus on by like starting the new, uh, starting the nuclear plant, restarting the nuclear plant again. Um, that's the particular issue in Japan happening right now. So um, I see like how, how government... Um, hide the the truth from the people and also the issue is that people who live in the land can't really think about what is in their food every day so in a way especially mothers they have to have this um, uh, defensive uh, mechanism think that it's okay in, in a way that denying the issue but that's that's how I mean I can I can see that that's how people can survive in that uh, particular environment, and it's really convenient for the government. Like if people there are denying the fact that that's really happening and denying the fact that it's really it's not causing the the health issue. That's a tool that that's an important tool that the government can use it and um, promote uh, to to restart the area 
the area is now clean and everybody can come back and we don't need to worry about it. So um, this is like pretty new issue in Fukushima and that's like really directly connected to Hanford. All the health issue has been denied, I mean ignored, and people are suffered without much of discussion. So it's a global issue that I hope I have way to um, talk to people in Yakama Nation to open up, because open uh, open up and talk about the health issue, because that's that's how um, you know people mothers in in Chernobyl too, mothers in Chernobyl and mothers in Fukushima will get the idea that this they have to they have to start talking about the issue it's it's really hard i mean it's it's a personal you know if your child becomes sick or if yourself becomes sick and you wonder if it's something to do with the the nuclear it's it's really hard to open and say that okay my child has this issue and I think this is about nuclear um, waste. Because um, growing up in Hiroshima, I know that if you say that you are Hibakusha or a second generation Hibakusha, that means that, okay, so your DNA is messed up and that affects the, the, you know, affect the next generation. So it has, I, I openly say that I'm third generation, but um, I'm just not not just saying that. I I have um, I have this purpose that I I say that I'm my, I'm third generation Hibakusha. So in a way that I want to encourage people who are in a similar similar condition to say that this is what's happening. This is affecting our health, and the government has to do something about it and people have to say something you know as a um, collected uh, movement we have to you know voice our feelings about this uh, fundamental human issue called nuclear issue <laughs> and this is a, a world issue Yes, definitely. Um, like, like you said, uh, this uh, radioactive waste or contamination, it did not stop in one place. It moves. Nope. It expands. So It's a particle, so it's just a shifting. I mean, it lasts, the particle lasts, uh, you know, uh, 100,000 years. So when you do cleanup, you are just shifting it to different places. So, and, and then uh, do a proper, proper cleanup and containment of that material is really important. Mm -hmm. So in order to protect our, our uh, communities, and uh, in this case, in order to protect the communities that live along the Columbia River, which is, is a long river, and how many communities that will be affected if something happened because the agencies in charge of this area did not took the proper steps in order to do a proper cleanup and containment of this material. 
you were talking about uh, art and how you connect with the uh, art and expressing all these uh, issues to the to the community. And uh, one of the things that I heard you talking before earlier uh, in a conversation we had is about you. You hear that you use your your uh, your personal hair and uh, mm -hmm. to. Uh, connect all the fabric that you use for your uh, for your art so and one of the things that it kind of uh, makes me think about the uh, impact of the uh, radioactive uh, uh, material that it's in the area where you live is about you have the experience to live with a generation of women without hair they lose the hair because of the uh, radioactive uh, waste that was left after the explosion yes so i use my hair um to stitch together the the fabric sculpture um or softer sculpture uh, that forms uh the atomic bomb a little boy and fat man and it suspends from air and um i i use these sculptures to to activate the space, I use the art form to um, suspend the moment. Because of the scale of the particular issue that we are all trying to figure it out, I feel like the part that is missing is we have to just stop and take time and um, think this issue from the original place. It's the structure that we are living in is creating the issue that we are we are in now. So I think it it, it need it, this particular issue, nuclear issue, is calling for um, a different way of thinking, and I. I try to, um, that's, that's my goal or my purpose to make this place where people can think about or stop and um, reflect the, the issue in a way that, that reflect their own life. Because if it's, I mean, if it becomes personal issue, then there is a uh, there there will be a chance to for us to uh, think together and have different perspective it is um, really uh, impressive how these type of uh, incidents change our communities and how they impact the life of the people that live on the on the uh, places where these incidents happen it's uh, really um, disturbing what type of message would you like to uh, send to our listeners in order to take action, to participate? I would like to, um, I, I want people to open up. So I want to, I want people to have, open up their mind and also open up their uh, life uh, to listen to the other voice. I think we've been um, living long enough um, 
in a society that the um, the conversation or the um, the dialogue is only like one dimensional, but human we human are not just one dimensional. We we have multiple views and different way of understanding things, and this this land, the United States, is. Um, the original people in this land is has such a view that is so amazing and um, totally different from the the constructed view that we are now living on, and I think it's really important for us to dig in, <laughs> and um, when when we do that. I'm saying that from my personal、um, experience, that the deeper I go, the older the story. So I think, I think that's the message that I want the listener to、uh, ponder upon, because this is the the rich, really rich land with all the culture and all the knowledge of the native people, and if we To lose that all, we are doomed. We have to, we have to find the the original land and voice, because that will save us. Have you ever think about the、uh, connection between the Yakima Nation and and、uh, um, and the survivors from Hiroshima and Nagasaki? Well, so it's the it's the ultimate.、Um, You know, narrative. I guess so. Yakama Nation. I mean, the、uh, Yakama Nation was suffered by Manhattan Project, the the starting of the Manhattan Project, and the Hiroshima and Nagasaki people. The result of the Manhattan Project. So we were, you know, other side side of this huge human project that was suffered. And because of that violent history, there is a chance that if we talk and shake hand together, we can tackle this issue from the the both side. And I think that is something that is really needed at this moment of our life. So one of the things that I see when、um, uh, we talk about Hanford,、uh, this aside. That is affecting one community, but also it's affecting another community and the other end of what the action to you know when it was、uh, dropping a bomb on this other community, and、uh, that's one of the things that all these uh, uh, problems that we have in our communities can be solved if we stand up and and、uh, express our concerns to whoever is making the decisions. And, I hope so. And at this time, we have the opportunity to do that, right?、Mm-hmm. We have the opportunity to work together as a as a community and have the、uh, that whoever is making this decision to do the right thing, to protect our communities, and to preserve our future. And that only can happen if is if we get informed and we take action, whatever the action is. Uh, we probably there is、uh, the thing that we can make a phone call, 
we can we have to sign a petition we have to uh, participate in a rally uh, participate in hearings mm -hmm. tell our history tell mm -hmm. our experience and our concerns uh, that's one of the things that we can really uh, participate and make a difference and of course to listen to the communities the story of the communities that already experience what happened when the use of nuclear weapons or the, the nuclear waste happened mm -hmm. so how these communities been affected and learn from those experiences mm -hmm. and protect our uh, our communities where we live now and those are the communities that live along the Columbia River that if something's happening in Hanford, we are going to be affected. Well, that's, this is something that we need to uh, take a step forward and participate, work as a community. And uh, Yuki, you have something else to say? Um, well, listening to you, I was just thinking about um, actually the, the other projects that I'm doing right now with Tisha Ohaja. She's the um, Japanese-American lady who, whose mo mother, mother is actually um, uh, lived in Hanford um, before the war, before the Pearl Harbor and before the Japanese internment camp. So um, Children Remember is uh, um, the project that is happening. I mean, it, it's been 10 years. It's the, the Hiroshima Peace Memorial Museum designated this project and uh, a partner with the, the local school, high school called Motomachi High School, which is it, actually the high school that I went um, some days ago. Uh, and so what they do is that um, they have Hibaksha partner with high school students and high school student it's a one year long project so after the initial so initial meeting will happen in a high high school setting and after the initial meeting um, each student are um, assigned with one uh, scene that Hibaksha has seen mm -hmm. and so the, after the initial meeting uh, high school student will have the sketch of what the Hibaksha is trying to tell them and then they go back to Hibaksha and, and show their sketch and that's when their dialogue starts um, the year long dialogue starts uh, which means that Hibakusha will see the sketch and uh, he or she will tell you, you know, what, what it is actually like. And um, it triggers memory and it deepens their conversation. And uh, at the end of the year, uh, what the students are assigned to is um, they have to finish one um, pretty big oil painting um, as the finished uh, work mm -hmm. and I was um, actually I had a chance to go back to Hiroshima in February and interview these students who are undergoing these projects and I was just astonished that uh, the way that they deal with this pretty difficult project and how they are approaching it and how 
in the process, it's it's their imagination is at work. Their empathy and how they were like trying to understand in a different level. Because just listening to Hibakusha is one thing, which is really important too. But the, those students needs to uh, or assigned to recreate the scene. So they have to, in a way, they are um, secondhandly experience the sight and you know bring bringing back this particular you know the sight that Hibakusha has seen and you know seventy five years later they never can forget. Um, so things like that, I feel that our younger generation has the capacity to use their imagination to uh, feel the pain of the other, and I I am really hopeful that's our uh, what we have as a society, are those brilliant young, you know, mm-hmm. people who has different skill set and different uh, way of approaching the issue or approaching the world um, have this deep sense and it's it's really a human sense maybe they are surrounded with you know all the um, you know cell phone and all that latest and greatest but those generation knows um, that what they are different from all the gadget that they have, that they are original and they can think and they can feel and they can imagine. So that's something that is I want to focus on in the future. Do you have a, a, um, a suggestion on two things that community can do to take action in order to help keep mm-hmm. uh, Hanford clean? Um it, it kind of, uh, I, I'm repeating my message again, but uh, um, yeah, so I want the community to open up and um, listen to the Native people. I want the community to um, talk to each other, not just to, to your friends and to your neighbors, but to, to the different people from the, the other side of the globe or, you know, other side of the continent. Um, it's really time to, it, I mean, if, if people, enough people start talking um, across the generation and across the globe, then I think the issue becomes more clear. Um, so that's the, that's the, um, yeah, overall message to the community member to to talk and for for the native and and uh, um, minority people, I want them to um, to start talking more. Uh, and this is one of, one of the things that I always think about when we talk about Hanford and and some other issues in our communities that we have to repeat the thing. You know, and in order to to uh, make this transcend and pass the information, we need to repeat ourselves and uh, and again and again when we tell the story to another community, to another group, 
and uh, and this time we want to reach the communities that hasn't been that hasn't been part of this conversation. Right. So we are working with communities that they had hasn't been approached and asked to participate. Uh, we are talking about the, the Latino community, mm -hmm. minorities that they have moved to this area in the last 25, 30 years. Mm -hmm. And we need to take the time, use our, all resources to mm -hmm. pass the message and communicate with them and tell the stories. Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, a lot of times we have to repeat. And I think that's important mm -hmm. to repeat that, that information to repeat the message so people will know that what we're talking about and people will take awarenesses of what our future can look like if we don't take an action. Right. Um, well, uh, Yuki, I really appreciate that you came today to visit us at uh, Columbia Riverkeeper. And uh, I think it's been a great conversation, a lot of good information. So we as a community, we need to participate and amplify these voices mm -hmm. and, and and pass it through uh, different forms of art, uh, through uh, visual, audio, or... or um, Dance, performance. Performance, you know? And uh, so that that's really important. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bueno, estamos de regreso. Esa fue la entrevista que, se, que le hice a Yukiyo Cubano hace un par de semanas. Bueno, es interesante lo que ella tuvo que decir de cómo su comunidad, su vida personal, la vida de su familia ha sido afectada por la detonación de esta bomba que se, este, que se detonó en, al, al, para darle fin a la Segunda Guerra Mundial. Entonces, este, el, el, el decidir este, detonar esta bomba ha creado un gran impacto en los habitantes de Japón, en su familia específicamente. Y pues bueno, vamos a comentar esto un poco más. Este, Des, what do you think about that interview? Um, I thought it was fascinating. Um, so... So she made sculptures of the bombs, it sounds like. Um, and the two were called Little Boy and Fat Man. Um, and she made the sculptures from her own hair and thread. Um, so I thought that was that's very fascinating, like uh, art, what I call art with a capital A. So I think that's amazing. Um, she's a Portland-based artist. And... I found a couple things that she said really powerful. The, there was a comment in there um, that made me realize that the nuclear contamination that has affected, you know, parts of Japan is really, it's like historical and physical trauma that gets carried generation through generation. And, you know, here's this woman, this artist, she calls herself a third generation hibaksha. I'm probably not pronouncing it right. And she's still incredibly affected by what happened to her parents and her parents' parents. And what I thought was really powerful is when she said, when you're in Japan and you're sharing that you are hibaksha or second generation hibaksha, you're basically telling people that your DNA is messed up because of the contamination um, 
from the nuclear radiation. Um, I heard that and I was just like, wow, that's like, that's really powerful to me. Um, like what a, what a huge weight to carry your entire life and you can't do anything about it. That was your history. That was your country's history. Um, and because of war, you carry with you in your DNA this historical trauma. I just thought that was really, really powerful. And um, yeah, la, la secuela de la guerra, no. O sea, uh, estamos hablando de, de, de hace varias décadas ahora, no. La, la bomba nuclear en Hiroshima, en Nagasaki, y, y, y escuchando la entrevista, no te das cuenta de, claro, hacer o sea, un cambio a de, de la de la conceptura física del ser humano que no cambia con una generación a la otra sino que está completamente eh, forma parte de ti y tienes que llevarlo como una secuela de guerra no al mismo tiempo que eres una víctima sigue siendo una víctima por generación y por otra generación o sea es un círculo que no se puede romper tan fácilmente o sea la bomba prácticamente termina lo que es la Segunda Guerra Mundial, pero también seguimos uh, viendo las secuelas que esto ha causado, ¿no? Tenemos un grupo en Japón que es, uh, que vive día a día el trauma de haber sido expuesto a la radiación de la bomba nuclear, ¿no? Que no se muere con una generación, se va pasando a través de la reproducción del ser humano, ¿no? Entonces es bien interesante hacer un, un, una víctima, no solo de una generación, de, de generaciones múltiples. No, no sabemos cuándo realmente este, este grupo que fue expuesto en, primer, en principio va a poder pensar de que nada más han sido víctimas, viven con, con la radioactividad todos los días. O sea, y es interesante lo que estás diciendo, desafortunadamente... Uh, ella es una, de, de, se determina como Hibasha, que son una generación que han quedado marcadas, pero no nada más en, en el aspecto de, de que les afecta en su vida psicológica, pero hablan de que su ADN ha sido modificado. Exacto. Por el resultado de la bomba nuclear. Entonces, cuando ellos hablan de que son una, eh, por ejemplo, ella es una segunda generación de Hibasha, bueno, pues, segunda o tercera? Tercera. She is third generation. She is a third generation. Su ADN, Su ADN yeah. ha sido transformado y eso lo va a pasar a, a, a sus futuras generaciones. Entonces es algo que, que sobrepasa los límites a veces de la comprensión, ¿no? De... Exacto, porque, porque, porque podés pensar, o sea, que el ADN hasta cierto punto se ha modificado, ¿no? de los cánones normales que conocemos, ¿no? Como la clasificación, inclusive, del ADN en sí, ¿no? Su código de ADN es completamente diferente al de otro ser humano. No por no corrupción, sino por, por un, un acto violento y que va a seguir, a, en otras palabras, diríamos, es como se, se, no, no volvemos víctimas y al mismo tiempo nos reproducimos, pero somos un poco seres defectuosos hasta cierto punto, porque se ha modificado el código del ADN, ¿no? Y tenemos que identificar, y eso lo llevamos internamente, ¿no? Lo importante 
es que seguimos educando a la nueva generación sobre los efectos negativos y el tipo de consecuencia que podemos tener uh, ah, en la carrera armamentista, en la carrera de seguir produciendo bombas nucleares. Y al, y al resultado de usarlas. Exacto. Es importante saber que este tipo de acciones no solamente afectan a las comunidades donde se desarrolla este tipo de tecnología, este tipo de armamento, pero afecta a los lugares donde se detona ese, este armamento y hace un impacto que transforma la vida de, de toda una población hasta el grado de, de, de alterar el ADN de esta gente. And you carry the sequels for generation after generation. It's not that you just ended the war, which was the intention of the Hiroshima and Nagasaki bomb to end the war, but now we're still dealing with the side effect and the effect of this group of a community that is living with this event 60-some years ago. And, and also one of the things that I see with uh, Yukiju Kowano is how she copes with this through art mm -hmm. and what she used to create this art. One of the interesting things that is uh, her grandmother used to be a kimono maker, maker. and she found these kimonos that were in a, on a storage in a closet and she brought it out to create this art to express what has been happening to her community, her family, because of the uh, results of detonating this uh, little boy in Hiroshima. Mm -hmm. And also, uh, it was really interesting when I was talking to her, when she was talking about that she was using her own hair to saw these things together, to put it together, mm -hmm. and how powerful this type of action. Oh, right. So hair loss has been a number one side effect, uh, a side effect. of the yeah. contaminations. Yeah, I, I remember that part. Um, so, so it's super symbolic that she's using the hair to create. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Because so one of the things that when she mentioned that women for that generation were hairless mm -hmm. because of the effects of the radiation. Well, one of the things that um, also stuck with me um, while she was sharing was that um, culturally, I, I took it, I heard it as culturally, it is hard for families and mothers specifically to speak up and say, my child is starting to have health problems. And I don't know what the health problems are, but I think it might have something to do with um, this radiation, this contamination. Um, I think back in 2011, there was that really big earthquake where the other radiation um, or the other nuclear factory, I'm really... Regima plant. Right, right. The plant, um, there was exposure and they are still suffering from that aftermath um, in that area of the country. And so she brought up this part about um, she's really um, feeling compelled to encourage mothers to say something when they start feeling sick or when they notice that their child is feeling sick because when that moment happens for them, they are wondering, 
does this have something to do with the radiation? Did I, you know, um, and, but that, but getting to that point, I think for, um, women in her culture is very difficult. It's very difficult to say and admit I'm fearful. Um, my child is sick. I think this is the reason why. Um, so I thought that was really, that was really real. I think there, I think that sentiment for mothers, um, advocating for their sick children and for themselves is very hard, um, across many different cultures. Um, and that's a really powerful, that's a really huge, you know, um, when there's educating and resources that can be provided, I think that voice of the mother um, advocating for herself and her child is, can be really, really powerful. So I, I, I really liked that um, that part of her story. It's a really uh, important story to tell. And I think we felt like it's really important also for us to help spread the word on this story. Uh, we have to make sure that we know about the story so we we know what can happen and we know that we need to take action. And one of the reasons that we are playing these stories with Alfreda Peters, uh, Yukiyo Kuwano, about Hanford, about the nuclear uh, uh, weapons, it's because it, there is communities already dealing with these problems. And if we are not taking care of the problem that we have in Hanford is going to affect us, all these communities that live along the uh, Columbia River. Mm -hmm. And we need to take action. We have the duty to protect our, our area, our river, our communities. We need to, to do something. And uh, one of the things that, that, that happening right now is that federal government, they want to lower the risk level that they have in Hanford to minimize and to not have to spend, I guess, too much time, money, resources Cleaning. to contain uh, or clean up the, the area. Well, it's not a priority for, for the government to properly deal with that site. Exactly. So, but it, it has to be a priority to us, right. to our communities. Because if we don't do that, if something happened in Hanford, we are just down the river and we're going to feel the impact of it. Absolutely. There is a ways that we can get involved. We can get more information through uh, Columbia River Keeper. You can visit our website. You can call uh, a Columbia River Keeper and ask how you can get involved, how you can participate. And that's something that we have to do. Uh, Carlos, ¿cómo ves esto? Lo que, lo que estamos aquí este, uh, analizando es que todas estas comunidades, este uh, aspecto de la radioactividad, sabemos que hay uh, efectos secundarios en diferentes comunidades. Y sabemos que aquí cerca donde nosotros vivimos tenemos un un lugar, Hanford, que sabemos que ha estado goteando por muchos años y sabemos que hay ciertos niveles de radioactividad en el río y nosotros vivimos río abajo, o sea, y también la comunidad que vive río arriba, ¿por qué no? O sea, eso nos afecta a todos, ¿no? O sea, que es importante hacer conciencia, es importante uh, entender 
de que uh, este tipo de, 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 de situaciones son, son peligrosas hasta cierto punto. El gobierno obviamente no es una prioridad tratar de resolver, de limpiar este tipo de, de, uh, de lugares como Hanford. Hemos estado hablando por años de la necesidad de limpiar Hanford, de invertir en lo, los fondos necesarios para que este, uh, este lugar sea uh, uh, vuelto a, a cierto nivel que es uh, seguro para la comunidad donde, donde, donde está ubicado, ¿no? Entonces es importante seguir haciendo hincapié, seguir educando a la gente y tratar de hacer conciencia de que esto es, es real, ¿no? Y no podemos estar cruzados de brazos esperando de que, oh, se va a resolver cuando sabemos que en comunidades como Japón, después de 60, 70 años, están lidiando con la radioactividad. Y nosotros tenemos acá un lugar muy cerca también. O sea, tenemos que, uh, que, que uh, actuar ¿no? hasta cierto punto. Así es. Y es tiempo para nosotros como comunidad ser parte de la solución, participar, porque tenemos que proteger el futuro de nuestros hijos, de nuestros nietos. Uh, recuerdo que Alfreda, ella dice, ¿cuántas generaciones de, de abuelos van a tener que trabajar para proteger esta área. ¿Cuántas generaciones de abuelos han estado protegiendo, peleando para que se limpie esta área? Nosotros tenemos la obligación de preservar y asegurar el futuro saludable de nuestros uh, hijos, de nuestros nietos, de nuestros bisnietos. Nosotros somos los abuelos del, 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 del futuro. Nosotros somos los abuelos que tenemos que participar y tomar acción. Nuestra comunidad tiene la capacidad de participar, tiene la capacidad de hacer la diferencia, tiene la capacidad de alzar su voz y hacer que se protejan nuestras comunidades. Ah, los invitamos a que se informen más acerca de Hanford, qué es lo que es Hanford, dónde está este lugar, cómo nos afecta, ah, de esa forma si usted quiere obtener información, pues puede comunicarse con Columbia River Keeper. Me puede hablar al teléfono 541-490-7722. Y este, nosotros le daremos información, pero también hay mucha información en el Internet donde usted puede obtener esta información. Bueno, el, el tiempo se nos ha acabado desafortunadamente. Uh, le agradecemos que nos haya dado, uh, haya brindado la oportunidad de hacerle llegar esta información, de compartir con ustedes toda esta información por medio de, de este medio. Esperamos que nos escuche la, dentro de dos semanas. This is gonna be with us. Carlos va a estar con nosotros. Y pues bueno, muchas gracias por escucharnos. Des. Thank you. It was, it was great to be back on. Thank you, Carlos. Como siempre, Waldo, o sea, estamos acá para a informar a la comunidad, para seguir haciendo conciencia, para seguir educando de la importancia de, de, de estos temas que nos afectan a todos. ¿no? Así es, y bueno, este, siga informándose, siga educándose. Recuerde que usted está escuchando Conoce Tu Colombia. Este es un programa producido por Colombia River Keeper. Uh, esta noche estuvimos con ustedes Des Ramírez, Carlos Marroquín, un servidor, Ubaldo Hernández. Eh, los invitamos dentro de dos semanas vamos a regresar vamos a hablar de otro tema bien importante para nuestra comunidad que es tiene base en Didels y pues bueno 
nada más con esta información los dejo para que la próxima, dentro de dos semanas nos escuchen, muchas gracias buenas noches usted está escuchando Radio Tierra en el 95.1 FM Hood River, 95.9 FM Stevenson 107.1 FM Parkdale, 107.7 FM Didells, Casas, el latido del gol, su radio comunitaria